Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Being a parent is the hardest job you'll ever have. And Progressive Parenting understands this and wants you to know that you are not alone. My name is Gina Kirby, and I'm your humble host. And although I am not a parenting expert, I am a concerned parent for children. And as such, I understand the difficulties involved with parenthood. Every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time, I invite doctors, nurses, family workers, authors, and experts from different fields to answer your parenting questions. Now, because this is a progressive talk show, we will broach topics and air opinions that you as a parent might not otherwise hear about through the mainstream media. The mission of progressive parenting is to inform, not preach, to share, and connect, not alienate. I'm very excited about today's show. After having three incredibly difficult experiences, I vowed my fourth gift. In the U.S., there is very little way of care for the person who gave birth. You pop out a baby, and then they pat you on the back, and then they send you home, and you don't see a care provider again for six weeks. Six weeks. I love how they're like, so concerned about you when you're pregnant. They're so worried about this, and they're worried about that, and, oh, and don't do this, and don't do that. But the second the baby leaves your body, you are now persona non grata. You don't count. You don't matter. You are not a person. Bye. Like, thanks for delivering this baby. Thanks for what you gave us. And now, now you're done. And that's, I think, the most upsetting part about it is that um, you did all this work for so long. Um, and And now... Here you are having done the labor, the word labor, right? You did the hard work. Um, it, you've, you've done all of this stuff, and now you're tired, and you're, you're hurting, and you're sore. You hurt everywhere. Your, your breasts hurt. Your vagina aches. Your butt hurts. Your back hurts. Everything hurts. And everyone just wants to hold the baby. So... Um, this is something that's like really near and dear to me, this topic. Um, you know, according to Venus Standards, part of the expert team, by the way, behind the fourth trimester project, a lot can happen emotionally, mentally, and physically in those first six weeks that you're waiting around to see your your doctor. Also, a lot of moms don't even get into that six-week visit, uh, something that we don't think about. Sometimes they don't have access to adequate expertise. Or by the time they get to six weeks, their lives have just moved on, and coming back on is hard. And when people don't make it to those visits, their health can go by the wayside. A mom could have diabetes or high blood pressure that needs to be cared for. And if no one touches her or puts eyes on her to see how she's managing after delivery, that can lead to detrimental outcomes. For me, those first days of new motherhood were a blur. I was back to normal way too soon, and everyone wanted to hold the baby, but no one really thought to hold me. I really slept. My breasts were sore, like I said, and I felt like I was run over by a car. And by the way, I actually know what it feels like to be run over by a car, and they are very similar. I was weepy, and I doubted myself. In love with my baby, but running on empty. And I'm so happy that tonight's guest has written a book on this topic, and I can't wait to get started. But before we do, uh, a quick thank you to our listeners. Progressive Parenting Radio is in our 15th year. Can you believe it? I can't. Uh, providing thought-provoking information to parents and those that love them. We are listener-supported, 
we appreciate you listeners. Thank you so much. Please keep um, following us on Blog Talk Radio, sharing your social media outlets. Just It means so much to us. Oh, and many thanks to our friends at The Storks Warehouse. Oh, my goodness. Um, the Storks Warehouse has a new YouTube series called Dream Nursery. So if you love getting nursery inspiration and you're an HGTV addict, then this is the show for you. Join Jennifer and Rose as they travel the U.S. helping parents design their dream nursery. Each design represents one web series with three to five episodes per series, and a new episode debuts every Thursday. The cool part is that all products and decor used on the show will be doula tested and mother approved. So if you're looking for a new show to binge watch, this is an excellent choice. So head over to the Storks Warehouse and follow the link to view. Um, so without further uh, delay, I want to get to Sophie. Uh, Sophie's calling us from the UK. Sophie has a PhD in physiology of reproduction. She's a doula, a perinatal educator, and a healer based in Cambridge, UK. Sophie left her native France in 1997 to pursue postdoctoral studies as a biology research scientist in Aberdeen, Scotland, where she met her Hong Kong-born husband, Chi. And they moved to Cambridge in 2001 and had two children, and Sophie re- re- uh, retrained to be a doula, antenatal teacher and a baby-wearing instructor. Sophie is a birth geek, my favorite, and knowledge junkie, but has a more spiritual side, too. So she has trained as a Reiki and Reiki drum practitioner and teacher. Training in personal practice have led her to master a wide range of labor and postnatal comfort measures and skills, like massage, roboso, which we'll talk later about, birth and postnatal healing rituals. And Sophie teaches these skills to parents and birth workers individually in workshops and online. Her work is a blend of traditional and scientific knowledge, and she also blogs on her website, Visit Sophie's website when you can at sophiemessiger.com to read her blog and to sign up for a free newsletter. Follow her on Facebook like I do, facebook.com forward slash sophiemessiger, and on Instagram, which I also follow her on, uh, which is Instagram forward slash sophie uh, underscore messiger. So without further ado, let's just get to my guest because I'm excited about today. Sophie, are you there? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, beautiful, clear, and crystal clear, if I may say. How are you today, love? I'm great. I'm great. Fantastic. It's been a lovely day here in Cambridge. Nice. So we're allowed to travel. (laughs) Um, So I don't know uh, if you tuned in and saw me talk about my postpartum with my first. um, They were all really rough. Uh, and not having anyone to to tell me how to take care of myself, to to let me know that it was okay to take care of myself. Is it yeah. is it the same in Great Britain as it is here, where where moms have this idea that they have to do everything, like the super mom complex? Yeah, it's exactly the same. I mean, I, we have better maternity leave than you have guys have in the U.S., but. We have the same problem and culture that glorifies the woman what goes back to normal in quotation mark. You know the this idea that the, the what you describe as a supermom. You know this idea that is something to aspire to, to like fit back into your gene as fast as possible and kind of carry on your life as if nothing has happened. And 
it's it's uh, we have the same cultural problem around new motherhood and the lack. Of, uh, you were everything you were describing at the beginning. I was nodding furiously, thinking, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, the, everybody wants to hold a baby. You're like a vessel. Once the baby's outside of your body, nobody really wants to a look after you, but also nobody acknowledges that you're new too. You know that I'm a there's new a mom. newborn baby, but there's there's a newborn mother, and where is the acknowledgement of that? You know. Yeah, I, I do know. <laughs> um, that <laughs> I, I felt I told a girlfriend of mine I felt like a kitchen appliance, like I, I felt like I was an Instapot. And then I made all the food, and nobody nobody thanks the Instapot. No, no yeah. one says thank thank you, slow cooker. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thanks the chef, but not the slow cooker, and they and they want the product, but not the thing that made yeah. it. Yeah. And you see that in the presents, they're all for the baby. Yes. And so the the, the focus of the it's very clear <laughs> the way the the society focuses on the baby by the present. You know, baby showers, all the presents mm-hmm. are for the baby. And then after the birth, you know, what the new mums need, they need, they don't need, like, baby grows and, and stuff pairs because baby's not really, I would like to say something ruder, but babies don't really care for stuffed toys and cute clothes. Like, but the mother, what she needs is she needs support. She needs, you know, somebody should bring her a casserole and she needs people to come and, like, give her a break but not in a way that like pushes her away where they just want to get at the baby she needs right. a village around her and and what's fascinating is so the, the frustration I've been feeling over the last few, few years as a doula by mostly hearing stories from women you know what, what that led to the writing of my book which is called you know the, the book the whole book it was about what that topic because it's even not, you know, nobody talks about writing a postnatal recovery plan. You know, nobody talks about that. People talk about writing a birth plan, but nobody talks about the afterbirthing. And certainly nobody talks about the afterbirth in terms of the mother. So, you know, even when I was teaching antenatal classes as group classes for six years, I talked about baby care and I talked about the immediate, you know, body, body thing of the postpartum, like bleeding and whatnot. But I didn't talk about rest. I didn't talk about massage. I didn't talk about, you know, you guys, you've just grown a whole human and birthed a whole human. You know, it should be just taking a break. You know, that that's crazy. It's so not in our culture. You know, when I started talking to journalists about my book, people were saying to me, I've never heard of the postnatal recovery plan. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's completely lost, you know? Yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's absurd in that, like, you know, when you run a marathon, you have you have the plan, you know where you're running, you know all that stuff, and then you know what you're going to do when you're done. You know that you're going to have yeah. the shakes, you're going to have all this adrenaline, you understand what's going to happen, and, and you have to take care of yourself afterwards because you're an athlete. And then here yeah. we ask this this woman to do, do this monumental thing, this her, Herculean task of yeah. of giving birth to another person who's never been on the planet before, and then we don't honor them. There's this lack of honor. of, um, yeah. And I felt that even with my last child, my my thing was that, oh, this postpartum will be different because I'm going to spend 40 days in and around the bed. But then I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody to come to me in and around the bed. 
Yeah. So there's no honor. I, I never felt like, like no one said that was amazing. You look what you did. Look what you did for so long, for almost a year. And and the hard work that you did in those last couple of minutes wasn't like, doesn't equal everything you did in that all leading up to that. Sacrifices you made, all the worry that you had, everything. There's no one to honor the work that I did. And it I feels it's it's very crazy. patriarchal. It's, it's very much the patriarchy to not honor the this, this woman who has grown a person inside of their body and then beautifully brought light into the world and then they're yeah. told like yeah, good job bye thanks for that yeah, move out of the way yeah, you know you if men give birth if men gave birth they would be some kind of Cambridge professor of postpartum <laughs> <laughs> you know they get an award there would be a lot of other yeah. men around to clap for them yeah. <laughs> Job. It's just absolutely crazy. And the thing that really fascinated me, so you know, you're going to love this, uh, Jenna. The thing that got me started was being at a Rebosa workshop like seven years ago and watching this doula show how to like do the closing the bone process and feeling yeah. this longing inside of me, you know, feeling like I wanted to be the one there lying, having the wraps around me. I, I felt this longing. And after I started getting, you know, trained into that, I went and asked women. I, I'm very lucky that where I live is very multicultural. Like my kids go to school, you know. Then I said to my daughter, "You're lucky you speak two languages." She said, "Everyone in my class speaks two languages, Mama." Because <laughs> it's really multicultural. And um, I went and started chatting. So that was quite a few years ago when my kids were smaller and they were both in primary school and I would just like approach mothers who I could hear were not English. And I'd say to them, so what did you have in what do you have in your country? And I was flabbergasted because there's this woman from Kenya, she said, oh, you don't even wash yourself. You get four months, people fight over who's cooking you dinner. And then this other woman from India, she said, my mom, she hired an old lady from the village and I got a full body massage every day for a month. A month. Uh-huh. You know, and, and then I started hearing the stories from my clients, the, the, the women in this country, and I started seeing what they were getting instead. And it just got me really, really mightily pissed off. And what yeah. I also saw is that women blame themselves for struggling. They don't see the the fact that their struggle is just a symptom of a fucked up culture. They they think it's their fault. You know, they, they 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 think what's wrong with me? Why am I not enjoying it? Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel so lonely? You know, there's a lot of shame around that as well because our culture glorifies independence. So you think that, you know, the other story I kept hearing from clients as a postnatal doula was, oh, everybody else is coping better than I am. Bullshit. You know, this woman, I remember there was a three-month-old baby and a three-year-old child, and she said, I don't understand why I'm so tired. And I said, well, you're tired because you have a three-month-old and a three-year-old. And she said, but everybody else is coping better than I am. And I said to her, no, darling, everybody else is lying. Yeah. You know, and this this old vicious circle of pretending because everybody else thinks that everybody else is, you know, like social media, people only share the good bits and stuff like that. So when I started doing the research for my book, what really surprised me is to discover that both in the U.S. and the U.K., but other parts of the world as well, we used to have tradition like that almost in living memory. 
Yeah. You know, that it used to be a, a, a month in in most cultures, you know, including the, the found publications that talked about what used to have fascinating is not just the month of rest and other women taking care of the household and the children and whatnot. It's a used to be binding. Yeah. So the, use, the repose of stuff is an international thing. You know, the use of cloth to rock and bind, the, especially the binding, bind the abdomen of new mothers. It used to be absolutely ubiquitous around the world. And I found evidence of it in midwifery manual from the 19th century. So it's not old. You know, it's not like something from the Middle Age. It's, it's, um, it's just how quickly it's been lost. It's absolutely oh. flabbergasting. Hold on, um, um, we we have a caller, and I want to see uh what the what the question might be. Mhm. Hold on a second. It's going on. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Do you have a question or a comment? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. This is um Darcy, the doula Darcy. I'm a postpartum doula, so Hi. you are just. Hi. You guys are just speaking my language and getting me so fired up. I think, like you said, this is such a vicious cycle of of us not honoring each other and not honoring ourselves. And I want, and maybe you're going to get to this, but I just want to hear, you know, I'm in my work as a postpartum doula, I feel like I'm shining a light on it and helping moms, you know, one mom at a time. But, you know, how do we change the shift this on a cultural level? That's that's a really good one. Thank you, and thanks mm-hmm. for listening. Uh, um, can you just really quickly tell everybody how they can find you? Because I listened to your show today, uh, your stories on Instagram. I learned so much. I laughed out loud. I had such a good time, and I want other doulas uh, who are listening uh, to this, like in, in the future, to find you. What's what's your oh. your Instagram handle, and how do people find you? Oh, my Instagram is at the doula Darcy, and I am, you know, I before I was a doula, I worked in marketing for ten years. So now, I, I, actually, in an effort to help more moms, I'm trying to help more doulas market their businesses. Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram sharing marketing tips so that you can get the word out about your services, um, so that. You know, because that used to bother me as a doula. You know, yes, I'm doing good work, but I'm I'm help I'm you know I'm in one mom's home. I'm helping one mom at a time. One mom at a time. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I do the so, podcast. People at once. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Darcy. You're the best. I can't wait to see. In fact, uh, if you guys are listening, Darcy's going to be on my program next week, talking about yeah. um, marketing. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, I'm glad you called in. I knew that this was going to get you fired up, though. I'm so glad that you're listening. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for talking about this, Gina. That's a big deal, and I love the way Sophie does it. She's so good. Thank you. I'm I'm just going to leave you on on here. Uh, And then we have one more caller. I'm not really sure who this may be or where they're calling from. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Where are you calling from? Hello? Hi, Hi Gina, I'm not sure if you're oh. talking to me with the five five nine number. I'm talking to you. Yes, this oh, is your cousin on your post. You said to call in just to say that you love you, that we love you. So I just called in. It's Adrian to tell you I love you. Adrian, <laughs> I love you. Oh, you didn't see my so, day. Hey, you've been a mom. You're a mama. I have a question for oh, you. Yeah. What What was yeah. postpartum like for you? Like we didn't. I don't think that we had like all the stuff that like maybe our great great grandmothers had with with 
using the reboso and closing the bones and like having hot caldo and stuff like did you have a really good postpartum or no no actually well with my first child I was really sick I was in ICU so I was mainly recovering and I didn't even know who I was at that point um Uh my second child was also very stressful in the hospital um but afterwards I wanted nothing to do with her (laughs) yeah and so I was home and the minute Joe would walk in I would leave and And be there's your child. I, I'm out. Yeah, so that's that's super normal. changed obviously now. But well, I, yeah. I was like, I wanted nothing to do with her. Yeah, that's something else I want to talk to Sophie about. That's that's a real thing. I hope you listen to the rest of the program, Adrian, because uh, I'm going to address that because a lot of moms feel that way, and then they like internalize it and think it's about them. But there's a reason that you feel that way. Um, I, I think you're a yeah. great mom, and I love you so much. I believe you called. You made my day. Thank you so much. I saw five five nine. You are very welcome. But it's from Fresno. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Love. I'll talk I'm to you soon. I'll be listening. Oh, okay, good. I hope so because I want to talk okay. to that. Sophie, before we get to all the questions, because I have like a bunch of questions I want to ask you. Um, yeah. um For sure. But she said something, and because she's like my blood, she's my cousin. I haven't talked to her and seen her in years, but she's listening to my program. Um, you know. Uh, there's a workshop that I do uh, that's completely stolen from, with permission, from Wapio, um, where she talks about the brainwave states in labor and about how you get to access different um, brainwave states when you're giving birth. And if you're allowed to, when you give birth, uh, there's all these different things that happen holistically, uh, not holistically, um, the physiological things that happen one after another that make sense. And yeah, when... When I understood that and I started watching, um, you know, uh, natural birth, when I say natural, I just mean like not interfered with by the hospital staff, just like a person yeah. left alone at birth. And they go through all these stages and they, they push the baby out, they put the baby face down, um, but because uh, as Karen Strange said, uh, if they needed a, a bulb syringe, uh, the, the bulb syringe would come out after the baby. So they put the baby face down so the gravity pulls everything out and then, then when they're ready, they will pick up their baby, but they don't generally pick them up to their breast yet they just kind yep. of touch them and then the baby maybe starts to cry for the first time it takes a breath yep. and then when when they're ready and they're, they're the only ones that can say this then they put their baby to their chest but there's this this series of things that need to happen and medical birth what I have found and seen every time and this goes for my medical birth because I had three uh, physiological births after that but my medical birth went Labor for a long time, Pitocin, epidural, baby comes out, they shove the baby in my face. So I'm not ready yet. Yep. I haven't I gone to the cosmos and claimed my child yet. I, don't, I haven't gotten the download from the universe about what it means to be a mom. I don't know any of this information. And so they shove this baby in my face. And the look, it's a universal look, Sophie, of, what? There's this confusion. There's this look of, like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't want it. Here, mm-hmm. you take it. And it happens yeah. over and over and over again. And all these poor mothers are meant, made to feel like they have failed somehow. When it is the yeah. medical providers who don't understand the physiological steps or what happens in birth. Like these are the natural processes that happen. Mm. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. The baby comes out. She puts it face down. She 
she does this thing where she goes, <gasps> and then she like she's she's oxygenating the baby through her the placenta, right? Because baby's still connected, but she's also like just sitting there listening to the universe tell her what it's like to to be the mother of this baby, and then you know that she gets the information because she stares at the partner with this like wide eyed look, like. <gasps> Of, of like wonderment, and like, did you see that? And she's she's looking for validation okay. from the partner, and the partner gets. Yeah. There's all these steps that need to happen in order for you to pick yeah. up your baby and go, I want this baby, because when you interrupt that in nature, like with animals, when you interrupt that, they don't want anything to do with the baby, and we don't yeah. want anything to do with the baby, not because we're evil and we're horrible, because we were our physiological need to be connected to that baby in the way that we needed was interrupted. And I think that's the beginning of the hard work of postpartum is that you start with this scar, this spiritual scar thinking, what's wrong with me? Why don't I want my baby? Mm. All right. I'm I'm done. I I just wanted my cousin to hear that because I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but, uh, well, and every mom to hear that, <laughs> but definitely her. Yeah, I mean, for me, the parallel is like if you were, you know, falling in love, is you're trying to squish a, a man and a woman together. It's <laughs> like get mm-hmm. on with it. Like it wouldn't work, would it? You know, it's no. Um, it needs to happen in its own unique unfolding time. So, what is wrong? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we kind of talked about it, but what is wrong with the way that we in the West? deal with postpartum so what is wrong is the lack of understanding of the fact that um, the mother is um, undergoing a really deep new process herself so she needs to be held through that and and the bottom so so in, in my book I talk about four pillars you know, and the first pillar is social support because you can't do anything for yourself. You know, you can't have things done for yourself if you're on your own. And mm-hmm. then the next pillar is rest because obviously, as you beautifully say, I, I have a bit about that in my book as well, the whole thing about math and, you know, even athletes understand that you need R&R for a week or two, you know, that the, the, the rest is really paramount. And then obviously good food and then body work. Um, so the body work thing is the least well-known bit. You know, people kind of grasp the idea of having people around you, grasp the idea of having you know, good food and grasp the idea of rest. But the idea of postpartum body work has been so lost in our culture that uh, people don't understand. But yet when you think about the transformation that the, a mother's body undergoes when she gets pregnant all the way to the birth, and then all of that backwards again as all our organs have to rearrange themselves inside our abdomen and our spine and our pelvis, everything changes. And the fact that there's no body work to make sure it's all gone back where it belongs, it's utterly uh-huh. crazy. And again, each culture in the world has some kind of um, things that are almost like empirical osteopathy. You know, that, and that what I was absolutely delighted to find when I was doing the research for my book it's because I'm French. I was lucky enough to find a French book where it made reference to a French midwife who'd done a thesis on postpartum binding in the hospital. And I managed mm. to get hold of it. So I got, I stalked this midwife on Facebook and she sent me a PhD and, and a thesis and I was able to read the whole thing because there's no science. That's the only piece of science we've got. Right. Yeah, she used a simple piece of cloth to bind the pelvis 24 hours post-birth in the hospital and was able to show. She even went and took a women's through an MRI scan to show the effect it had on the pelvis. 
to show it wasn't just because mostly she interviewed the mother through some questionnaire to see how much it improved the the comfort level to have your pelvis bound um, immediately after the birth. And so we I have some actual evidence to back that up now. But, you know, if I had, again, it, it seems utterly crazy that there isn't you know, any kind of specialist body work um, systematically done to new mothers to make sure that, you know, like a pelvic MOT, you know, like it, it needs, it, it, when you think about the change the bodies have undergone, it's, it's so ludicrous that we don't have a standard checkup, you know? It is ludicrous. We have to wait a month and two weeks before we see a doctor again after we give birth. But I don't know what it's like in, in the U.S., but here when you go see your doctor six weeks postpartum, you don't have any body check. They just ask you some yeah. questions. Yeah. And then they, usually it's a 10-minute... It's a 10-minute appointment. They basically ask you a few questions to see if you're not completely broken, and then they ask you about contraception, and then you're out. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Right. It was 10 minutes, and I, I went in there broken. I, I was really excited to see my obstetrician. Um, I, I, I thought she would understand, and I, I said, I'm, I'm very sad, and I don't know why, and I can't connect to my baby, and I don't know what's going on. And she's like, ah, like nodding her head like she's understanding, and I felt this wave of, I felt so good. And then she gives me a prescription for Ambien. And I, I felt, this, no, Ambien is like for sleeping. She's like, you just need to sleep. And I felt so disregarded. I felt so unseen. I felt so invisible. I felt so dejected. I felt so sad when I, I remember leaving there just in this black fog around me and, and feeling so incredibly lonely for not being seen. Where, and mm. she's and she's a woman. I thought she would understand me, and she she did not. Yeah. yeah, and so that was my six. I waited six weeks for that. I couldn't wait to see her. She was there and when then the baby. Like an... Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. It's just it's uh, the disillusionment is outrageous, and I my heart goes out to every woman who has felt this way and who is going to feel this way because there's very little I can I do from. My office here in Austin. I mean, the, the the reason the reason I I wrote my book is because you know what we were talking about earlier is I wanted to reach more people because I've been blogging about it for years, but it just felt like I was only reaching not enough people. The book itself is very short; it's only 160 pages long. It's part of a collection called Why It Matters. So it's designed to be like an introduction to the topic so that people can kind of go, oh, wow, you know. The book is full of stories about mothers, good and bad stories. And it, 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 you can buy it on Amazon or on the book depository. It's called Why Postnatal Recovery Matters. And it's dividing in one chapter about what's wrong, you know, what we used to have and then what's wrong in our culture. And then a chapter on each of the four pillars and then a whole chapter on hiring doulas and what about... Um, writing a postnatal recovery plan so that's what i think needs to happen we need it the grassroots change will happen from the mothers demanding a different type of cultural support and also by supporters from people so i've had lovely feedback since the book the book was published at the end of july and i've had lovely feedback from women saying i've read your book and now my friend's going to give birth in like two weeks so rather than buying a teddy bear i'm going to bring a casserole and that's exactly what I want to see happen. 
you know, and, and I've had a client, it touched me a lot because she said, thanks to you, somebody I was a doula four years ago has just had a baby again. And because of the COVID, I wasn't able to be with her again. Um, she said, because I've read your book, this time round, I didn't feel guilty about letting people looking after me. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, yeah. I so want they, people I, to... Go ahead, go ahead. I want people to circulate that message and because it's very easy, the book, you can read it in a day or two because it's such a small book. I want mm-hmm. um, people to buy it for pregnant women, but also want to really encourage doulas and midwives and all the people who are around pregnant women to talk about it during the pregnancy because it's too late after the birth to put things in place unless you're a supporter reading it but you know the mother herself she needs to think about it when she's pregnant and think okay you know what do I want my postpartum to look like what do I want to feel like what's important to me and demand it from people. So, I, you know, for instance, rather than a mother baby shower, I said I have a mother blessing and ask for pledge of support from friends and family for after the birth. You know, make a list and put it on the wall and say, who can bring me, organize me a meal train? Who can, you know, buy me postnatal doula vouchers? You know, who can buy me um, postnatal massage vouchers? You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Rather than buying all the crap the baby doesn't need. It took me three babies, Sophie. My, so for my third baby, for Charlie, um, my yeah. baby shower, a lot of the older women were kind of put off because I said, I don't want any presents. Do not bring a present. If you bring a present, I won't let you in the house. And they were like, what? I said, don't worry. You'll have time to give me something. So we get in there, and uh, we did like this kind of like a, not a blessing way. I won't call it that, but it was a blessing uh, welcoming the baby kind of ceremony, which really put off the older ladies. And then um, I said, all right, so if you want to shower me with things, I'm assuming that's why you're here. And they were like, yeah, we feel so weird not bringing anything. I said, oh, don't worry, you're going to. And I, I pulled out this giant calendar, and I said, this is nine weeks nine weeks of from the time my baby's born until the time of nine weeks hits. Put yeah. yourself anywhere on this calendar and say one of the following things. I will hold the baby so you can shower. I will take your other kids to the park. I will make you some food. I will vacuum. I will do your laundry. Pick one. Take one of these pins and say that what you're going to do and when you're going to show up. That's what I want from you. I don't want some $40 gift. I don't want a $100 gift. I don't want, I don't want your money. I want you to take care of me. I need to know yeah. that you're here not just for the party, but for me. And, and how do you react to that? Uh, well... I would say 50% of the people put their name on the calendar and the other 50% like gave me like a hundred bucks and left. <laughs> it, it was very interesting because basically they wanted the baby shower for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to like a, an, Oh, and isn't this darling? And not like, I love you. I care for you. I want to be there for you. Hmm. It's very upsetting for them. Now, mind you, this is 11 years ago. I think now people are thinking differently. And I think that uh, Darla Ducey's, uh, Darla Darcy's question, uh, like how do we change the culture? We we do it like this: one mm. one baby shower at a time, one thing at a time. Where yeah, yeah, because the baby's going to outgrow those clothes. What I need to know is that are you going to be here for me and the baby next year? Are you going to be here for us? Are you going to support me as a community? I don't want your damn gift. I don't want this one day yeah. that's going to get pooped on and get thrown in the trash, or is going to get grown out of in a month. 
where are you then? Yeah. Where are you there? Where do you fit in my life? Hmm. I don't I don't want things. Well, and then when I had my fourth child, my mom said, "What? We want to get you something." Her and my grandma, you know, they're old school. And uh, her and my grandma, my sister. And I said, look, I have two arms. I'm lucky to have two arms. I have two breasts. I'm lucky to have two breasts. I have a bed. That's all I need. She was like, what? I go, yeah, I don't need anything. I don't need any. I, I don't have a nursery. I co-sleep. I, I don't need a crib. I don't need anything. I need to know that you guys are going to show up and help me out. That's what I need. And she was just yeah. blown away by that. She just insisted on, just tell me one thing that you need. And I was like, okay, I need a place to sit so I can breastfeed and so she got me this amazing rocker that I'm in love with um I still have it it's glider from West Elm but um she because she insisted on giving me something like she couldn't understand the concept that being there for me was worth more than all the gold in the world just come to my house and sit with me and spoon feed me some soup and put your hand on my forehead and tell me that I'm beautiful and that you love me that's Mm. what I want that's so much more. I don't want a West Elm glider. <laughs> yeah. I, I want I want you to touch me and tell me that I did a good job and that you see me trying and you know that I hurt and I'm, and it's hard. That's yeah. all it. That's it. You know, all these postpartum doulas that go taking all these trainings and they want to learn all this stuff. I'm like, can you just sit next to someone and appreciate them? Can you just love mm-hmm. them truly? Can you just do that? Can you... Can you reflect back to them the beautiful thing you're seeing them do? Yeah. With, with genuineness yeah. and not not just looking at them like a client. And there's all these um, mm. group, groups out there, Sophie, that are teaching doulas that um, that you shouldn't love your client, that that's unprofessional. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. I, every woman that I look at who has a baby in their arms or who is pregnant, I, I know all of the, the hurt they're going to go through, all the pain they're going to experience, all the joy that they're going to experience. I see all of that. I see them, and I love them. And if mm. you can't do that, I don't know that postpartum work is for you. Yeah. There's other work to do. <laughs> they need to be molded. You know, the, the new yeah. mothers need to be molded. And so that that's a... F- that needs to be coming from a place of love. You know, you, I feel very protective of the clients I support. Like uh, there's this mama bear, that mama bear energy, you know, that you want to, mm-hmm. to cocoon them and protect them like if they were your child, you know, that's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, I just want to tell you, thank you so much. I love the work you do. Uh, we've been friends on Facebook for a long time. Uh, mm. I really appreciate it the first time you ever called me about the Reboso. That was amazing. Um, and we've been friends ever since. I have the utmost amount of respect for you. I have just decided that... Um, so I always give Patrick Hauser's book to... Um, if if I'm working with a couple that has a, a, parent, a partner who's a dad, I give them yeah. the uh, Fathers-to-Be Hand Guide. Uh, and yeah. if it's a same-sex mom, then I give them Penny Simpkins, the partner. But I'm thinking I should add your book to my gift package, so they get mm. the that the first book, your book, and then a rebozo for the family, and that's my gift to them. Uh, all of which, by the way, if you're doula going, oh, that sounds expensive. It's a write-off, you guys. It's a write-off. It's fine. Um, it, yeah. it, you can, yeah, put that on your taxes. Don't worry about it. Um, but but to the the couple, it'll mean everything, and especially if you're talking about postpartum. I think 
Uh, we focus so much on the birth, Sophie. All we do is the, the birth, the birth of the baby, birth, birth, birth. I know. And then we abandon these women. And they just, I had one yeah. client of mine, one of my very first clients, be really upset with me for years because she felt like I didn't prepare her for postpartum. Yeah. And I'll, I will hold that forever. Her voice, her um, the betrayal in her voice, because I made such a big deal out of the birth. And I never mm-hmm. set her up for success after the baby came out. And uh, yeah. I don't want other, I don't want other doulas to make that mistake. So please just go out and make sure that you get this book. Um, Sophie, how do people buy your book? So in the states, if you I think from what the publishers told me, the, the cheapest way might actually be the book depository. It's available on Amazon. I checked this afternoon. It's available on Amazon US, but I think you have to pay. For, Five dollars postage on top because it actually uh-huh. comes from the UK. If if you go on the book depository, I think the price includes postage, so you might want the people might want to compare because I can't do check the price from where I am That's to fine. see how much it'd in be the, in in the US. But it might be worth checking if it's cheaper on the book depository yeah. versus Amazon. Send me send me all your links. I'm going to write a blog tomorrow about today's show. Yeah, and on GinaKirby.net uh, under the blog section. And then I'll make sure to put links to, uh, so people can buy your book. And then uh, you're also on Instagram. I want to make sure people yeah. follow you on Instagram. Uh, you have so much. I, I want to talk to you forever, but we have to go. Uh, let's see. Sophie, yeah. your handle on Instagram. I'm finding you right now. My, oh, I'm not connected to the Internet. Good job, Mom. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm juggling so much stuff with all of the kids uh, learning from uh, online. It's outrageous. I feel like I, I can't get anything right. Oh, so Sophie online is just Sophie underscore Messager, M-E-S-S-H-E-R. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you, love. Thank you for being on. I, I just, I adore you. I appreciate everything you do. I'm so glad you wrote this book. I, I always say, like, anytime anybody writes a book about birth, I'm like, oh, thank God. I didn't want to have to write that. <laughs> I don't well, thank you for inviting me, Jenna, because I really want that message to be spread. So I'm really grateful, you know, for that you invited me on your show so that I could talk about it because I yeah. want to, in my lifetime, I want to see a change in culture around yes. that, you know, that, and that it won't take that much, you know, it would only take a small proportion of women to start to like tell their friends and then the next thing we know, everybody thinks is the expectation to have yes. some kind of support, you know, after the birth. It, it would only take a small percentage for it to completely change. Exactly, and that is why I'll ask you in front of God and everybody to be on my program again, uh, Sophie. I would love it. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you. We'll have you back on. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to thank all of our listeners who support us. Again, we are listener-supported, uh, and I want to thank uh, our sponsors, uh, for one. Let's see, I have right here. Ah, where did it go? I lost it. Oh, Gina Kirby for all the marbles in all the world. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Storks Warehouse. I had paperwork here. Oh, my son came in and grabbed something off here. Um, really quickly, please, guys, bear with me. Uh, just before you go, uh, we, again, are in our 15th year providing you all this thought-provoking information. Uh, and we are listener-supported, as I said. We appreciate you. Many thanks to our friends at the Storks Warehouse. The Storks Warehouse has a new YouTube series called Dream Nursery. So if you love getting nursery inspiration, like I said, and you're an HGTV addict, then this is the show for you. 
Jennifer and Rose. Rose is the best. I love her so much. Uh, Jennifer's great, too, but Rose is, like, my friend now. <laughs> they travel uh, the U.S. helping parents design their dream nursery. Each design represents one web series with three to five episodes per series and a new episode every Thursday. The cool part is that all the products, like I said, everything in the, the decor and everything is doula, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, tested and approved. And if you're looking for a new show to binge watch, honest guys, this is an excellent choice. This is my kind of thing. This is what I used to watch um, and how I ended up naming Ava Ava because I was watching one of these shows and somebody named their kid Ava and I loved it. Anyways, I'm done rambling. Thank you so much, Sophie, for being on the program. Thank you to everybody for listening. Please uh, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.